No matter what your age or your life path, whether making art is your career or your hobby or your dream, it is not too late or too egotistical or too selfish or too silly to work on your creativity. Julia Cameron, The Artist Way. Brian Koppelman's career as a filmmaker is like his first movie, Rounders. He wins with good hands. He loses with bad hands. He loses with good hands, too. He bellies up to the table, gets a break, and shows up the next day. Life, wrote Scott Adams, is like, quote, a reverse casino. In a casino, if you gamble long enough, you're certainly going to lose. But in the real world, where the only thing you're gambling is, say, your time or your embarrassment, then the more stuff you do, the more you give luck a chance to find you, end quote. Koppelman was the guy that studied poker odds and won a big pot. He worked on rounders, knock-around guys, and the illusionist. Then he lost or broke even on a bunch of hands. In a sense, that's all that could have happened when you finish a movie like Ocean's 13, which starred Matt Damon, Brad Pitt, and George Clooney. When Runner Runner came out, Koppelman told his friends not to see it. When his role on the television show Vinyl fell through, he was gobsmacked. Then he starts writing Solitary Man. Then he gets really stuck. Then he starts six-second screenwriting lessons on Vine. He starts a podcast, too. He starts writing Billions. Koppelman's film career mirrors a successful poker career. Don't blow up. Play games you can win. Get back to the table. Ditto for how billionaires make actual billions. Just like financial capital, Koppelman has compounded career capital due to small investments in projects and with people. David Levine is Koppelman's best friend since he was 14. He's a crucial supporting character here. Part of the reason this is about Koppelman and not both is because Koppelman puts out so much material while Levine does less. It's the same for Amy Koppelman. Brian gives her a lot of credit for the initial nudge and continuing support. When he's asked for advice in podcast interviews, Brian's first suggestion is to marry someone who supports you. Brian Koppelman will be our subject, but he hasn't done it on his own. This research began with billions, but we can't start there. Like personal finance, career capital is made one moment at a time. Koppelman's story for us begins in 1996, and he's about to turn 30. He has a young child. He's making good money, enough to buy dinner for friends, but something's not right in his life. Koppelman will describe his situation as toxic. If you aren't the kind of person you want to be to yourself, you won't be the kind of person you want to be to others either. Koppelman started smoking at 29. Later on, he'll admonish himself, quote, who starts smoking at 29, end quote. Though he has some financial success, his career isn't what he'd hoped. This is what he said, quote, I remember sitting in my office smoking a cigarette. I was fat and miserable. Artists were calling me from the stores they were playing in because no records were there, end quote. Koppelman made promises he couldn't keep, and he felt awful about it. Our 30-year-old protagonist looks in the mirror and sees an overweight smoker who doesn't like his job and isn't the hero he wants his son to see. Tony Robbins wrote in the book Awaken the Giant within, quote, Change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, end quote. This book will have a profound influence on Brian's life. Koppelman's wife Amy planned a 30th birthday party. First it would be family and friends, and then later in the evening it would be friends and poker. Getting married young to the right person, Koppelman says, quote, that's just luck, largely luck, end quote. What does he mean by that? 
Quote, when I was 30 and completely miserable with my life, Amy, my wife, completely cleared out the storage area under where we lived and said, you're going to do this. I'm going to handle the first year of Sammy's life. If you have to write in the morning and go to work and then go out and research, you can do this, end quote. Amy clears the slate and David gifts a book, The Artist Way, by Julia Cameron. Brian also reads the Tony Robbins book, Awaken the Giant Within. These confluences become a rallying point. This is what Brian says about them. Quote, David gave me the artist's way and said, this will help get you unblocked, end quote. He also says, quote, the artist's way by Julia Cameron was enormous for me. In doing morning pages, I freed myself from all this other stuff, from the curse of perfectionism, end quote. And then he says about the Robbins book, quote, my first child was born and I wanted to be the kind of dad to tell his kids to chase his dreams, to do anything, and I realized I wasn't. Tony's book kind of throws the gauntlet at you. If you aren't living the life you want, why not? And how can you? End quote. These books and the cleaned out storage space reframed how Koppelman viewed the world. He thought people were born with talent. Quote, I saw classmates get singled out for their abilities. I would think they were funny from birth. End quote. Divine creativity is an easy story to tell and digest. Ideal marketing head Tom Kelly tries to teach people creativity. Most people think creativity is something you are or you aren't. Most people think creativity is like height. Most people don't realize creativity is more like hair color. With some work, you can change it. Kelly knows this because Kelly was one of those kids, just like Brian. He thought people were naturally talented. This is what he advises people. Quote, of course you can't draw if you haven't taken drawing lessons. You can't play the piano either. Who thinks you can play Mozart's concerto without taking piano lessons? Nobody. Drawing is the same way, end quote. And Tom Kelly is trying to teach people that creativity is like this too. Koppelman switched his view of the world from you are the thing to you become the thing. During this time, he also concludes there's no such thing as an expert. And with hindsight, this lesson is kind of obvious. This is what he says, quote, In the music business, I watched experts be wrong over and over again. That taught me there's a value in listening to the experts, hearing their reasons, and dispassionately evaluating the reasons, end quote. Before he turned 30, Koppelman worked in the record business. His first major signing was Tracy Chapman. He noticed her because he was involved in the South African divestment movement and wanted folk singers for some of the rallies he participated in. He asked her to sign a record contract. She said no. He asked record labels to sign her. They told him no. Why, he asked. She won't sell, they said. Eventually, Chapman signed with Koppelman, and eventually a record company took the plunge, but not before Koppelman learned this lesson. Quote, I realize the experts don't know any better than I do. They're all scared, and when something touches that special place in them, their instinct is to run from it. End quote. And this makes sense, he reflected much later on. Quote, in the short term, gatekeepers and experts only get fired for a wrong yes. A wrong no takes a long time to come down against them, end quote. This is the difference between owners and employees. Owners are incentivized to think about the long-term health of the business. Employees are incentivized to think about the near-term health of their career. Here's how Rory Sutherland of Ogilvy and Mayer explains the lesson Koppelman learned. Quote, there are lots of cases where you need to signal something by making a decision, and it may be the rationality of the decision actually prevents you from making a better decision. If I pretend everything is logical, it may not be a really good decision, but if things go wrong, no one can blame me. It's an extraordinary form of corporate insurance, end quote. 
It dawned on Koppelman there were two kinds of feedback and led him to, quote, dispassionately evaluate the reasons, end quote. It's with this view of experts that Koppelman and Levine begin to write rounders, even though Koppelman wasn't a writer yet, but his mind is about to change. Quote, I believe that if you did the work, you were the thing, and as soon as I believe that, my life changed, end quote. Morning pages and skepticism of experts kept him moving forward. He was also about to catch a big break. Writing Rounders In that basement storage room with one chair, David and Brian started to write rounders. Quote, We had a stack of books that were about poker and the language of the game, and at night we'd go to these games and collect data. End quote. Six days a week, two hours a day, the duo would write. Brian would get up, write for two hours, go to work, go home, and maybe go out to the poker clubs for more research. This wasn't, like, research. It was serious research. He says later, I didn't go out drinking. Deep research, like why they wear fleece vests and billions, is a foundation for Koppelman and Levine's work. What they explicitly knew or implicitly stumbled upon was an insular world. Quote, I've always loved insular groups of people with their own languages, signals, symbiotics, and ways of communicating and being, end quote. At the poker clubs, they toiled to learn the language, the nicknames, and the stories. They also used pieces of their life. Koppelman had attended law school but never practiced. However, one day while walking past Fordham, his wife said, quote, but that character in Rounders never would have shown up if you hadn't met that professor at law school, end quote. With background details from underground poker scenes in law school, the duo was ready to sell their script. Every studio passed. But like his experience with Chapman, it made sense why. Employees tend to think like careerists. Years later, Koppelman advised this, quote, you know, as the person doing the thing, it's very hard for it not to be wounding, because when you invest so much in creating, it's very hard. It's easy to believe their judgment is right, because on her business card it says vice president, but most of the time, they don't fucking know. End quote. Miramax eventually buys the script. John Dahl directs it. Now, Dahl could have been another gatekeeper. He could have been another so-and-so with a certain title on his business card, but he's not, and he teaches Koppelman another lesson. Originally, the script had Phil Hellmuth in the role that would go to Johnny Chan. Koppelman had written it this way because he once shared a table with Hellmuth. Dahl suggests they change it. This is what Brian says, quote, At first I wanted to say no, but then Dave and I went away and tried it, which I think all writers, all creators should try. Because our ego is inextricably invested in our work, our initial reaction is often anger, and it crowds our thinking, end quote. The movie worked better Dahl's way. Koppelman reflected, quote, if you can train yourself to take the constructive criticism in and go away and wait until you're calm and dispassionately look at it, you'll be able to make a better quality decision, end quote. Koppelman's calm and dispassionate version of himself shows up about 24 hours after he writes something. This is part of the game he plays with himself. He has to believe he's capable and successful in writing the greatest thing ever. Each stacked page of Koppelman's writing is the greatest thing since sliced bread. His actors wear outfits to fit their characters, and this brief confidence is the writer's wardrobe. Koppelman also learned how to work well with others on a set. He said, quote, John Dahl is an incredible senior officer. As director of the film, he could have insisted, but he did the opposite. He said, why don't you guys try it? We went back, and we did it, and it was immediately clear to us that it was the right choice, end quote. He explained some more, quote, during the watching of the movie, 
it was so clear that showing Mike's whole card was better, even though the scores were identical from the audience, and we agreed with John, end quote. With a well-researched script, a generous director, and Matt Damon, Rounders catches a lucky break, the poker boom. With hindsight, it's apparent that the whole card camera, Chris Moneymaker's success, and unregulated online websites all helped poker enter the collective conscious. Sometimes, it's better to be lucky than good. Koppelman made it. He followed Steve Pressfield's advice to put your ass where your heart wants to be. Things can only go up from here. Maybe. Middle Movies and Solitary Man Professor Cal Newport has a theory called career capital that states, Rare and valuable jobs require rare and valuable skills. Great teachers choose their district. Great coders work from home. Brian Koppelman now has career capital and he gets to write, direct, and produce movies. Through 2007, Koppelman participated in Knockaround Guys, Runaway Jury, The Street Lawyer, Walking Tall, Tilt, The Illusionist, and Ocean's 13. For some projects, he and Levine punched up the script over a month. For other projects, he was fully committed. Koppelman continued to do a lot of research. Even though he had made rounders, he still heard no a lot. This is what he said, quote, If you trust your own R&D, it will give you tremendous strength when you come up against the monolith, end quote. Like when he was selling a movie, set in the 1800s, about an Austrian magician. Koppelman and Levine produced that movie, The Illusionist, in which Paul Giamatti co-starred. They also made knockaround guys. Brian knew it wouldn't be huge, but for some people it would be great. And that was okay with him. A great niche movie is better than a shit wide release. Koppelman has spent the last dozen or so years making movies. He's done well professionally. Yet careers aren't up and to the right. Nothing is. He's about to enter a career trough. In Solitary Man, Michael Douglas' character tells his daughter not to call him dad in public because it's harder to pick up women. Koppelman saw this happen to a friend and, quote, I went home and wrote 20 pages out of anger, end quote. He showed the script to Dave, who told him that Brian had to be the one that writes this one. Koppelman worked on it in his free time, but he got stuck. During this time, he also tried stand-up comedy. It was a way to face his fear. These projects were cathartic. They were challenges to Koppelman from himself. Can you write this movie? Can you last on stage? With practice, Koppelman's stand-up routine became good enough. One-third of the night, his jokes bombed. One-third of the nights, his jokes landed. And one-third of the nights, his jokes killed. In much the same way that jokes get tested, refined, tweaked, adapted, and a comedian will stumble upon the solution, Koppelman unclogged his solitary manuscript. Quote, I sent it to a friend of mine, and he said, What are you planning to do? I mentioned why I was stuck, and there is this one thing that should happen. And he said, Here's why that shouldn't happen. As soon as he said that, I had a eureka moment, and wrote the rest of it in three weeks. End quote. In another interview, Koppelman says the eureka moment happened on a crosstown bus, and quote, I wrote it down in a little black notebook I always carry with me. End quote. For those that are curious, it was the return the shirt scene from Solitary Man. With a finished script, Koppelman just needed to talk to the gatekeepers. Again! One told him the movie couldn't be made because of a foreign rights contract issue. He decided to fix this on his own. Quote, so I looked into how foreign sales are done, end quote. And he did the work. Koppelman is still figuring things out. That do-your-own-R&D mentality was expressed in his preparation for the 2018 Masters, too. He said, quote, I'm going to prepare enough to defend myself from my own insecurity, end quote. 
Solitary Man was a mostly typical movie shoot, and we'll only point out the last scene. This is how Brian describes it, quote, I remember standing there with Soderbergh, who produced the movie, and got Michael Douglas. He said, you're going to have this huge instinctive pull to protect yourself, and shooting ending that's different. You're going to want to cover. Do not shoot another ending, because if you shoot another ending, someone is going to force you to use it. Don't do it. I remember being there on the day, and the assistant director coming up and going, do you guys want to have him do another? And my insecurity rose up, and I almost did it. And Levine said, no fucking way, end quote. We're all excellent planners in the abstract. Backseat drivers know it all. Monday morning quarterbacks are brilliant. Stock market commentators never lose money, and so on and so on. What works better than hindsight, than I told you so, is foresight and design. Koppelman was fortunate that Levine stepped in, but there are ways he could have designed a way around that situation. He could have written a letter before shooting. He could have had Soderbergh call. He could have not been on set for that moment. Psychologists like Daniel Kahneman refer to our brain as having two parts, System 1 and System 2. Writers like Maria Popova characterize it a bit more, John Watson and Sherlock Holmes, parts of our brain. Whatever the analogy, our long-term hopes and short-term choices don't always align. Koppelman understood this when he committed to two hours, six days a week in the storage space that had one chair. He underestimated this during the final scene of Solitary Man. Koppelman controlled Solitary Man, mostly, from the first word to the final scene. Runner, runner, he did not. Runner, runner, vining and podcasting. The movie premise for Runner, runner from Rotten Tomatoes is this, quote, Richie, a Princeton college student who pays for school with online gambling, bottoms out and travels to Costa Rica to confront the online mastermind Ivan, whom he believes has swindled him. Ivan sees a kindred spirit in Richie and brings the young man into his operation. When the stakes get incredibly high and dangerous and Richie comes to fully understanding the deviousness of his new boss, he tries to turn the tables on him, end quote. The score from Rotten Tomatoes is 8% fresh. Koppelman didn't promote it to anyone, not even to his friends. Runner Runner, he says, was, quote, the lowest point in my career, end quote. But in the depths were lessons. First, it reinforced the idea of alignment and additive crew. Koppelman and Levine are aligned with each other. He said, quote, we are both keenly grateful to what the other person brings, end quote. It's the same thing with the actors. When one interviewer asks about the kind of look that Damian Lewis gave during one scene of Billions, Koppelman notes that no, he doesn't write that look in. That's the kind of thing you hope the people you're working with will add. Second, Runner Runner proved, quote, you get in trouble when you sell things in advance, end quote. This lesson they got twice. Quote, the lesson we learned from a bunch of television experiences was we would not sell a pitch. We would write a script on spec and they would have to say they would make it or not, end quote. Like a short stack in poker, Koppelman's career stack is down, but career stacks are based on skill and luck, and worrying about your luck is a waste of time. He said this, quote, Instead of sitting around and saying, the movie business won't hire me, the television business just fired me, instead what I could say was, we just wrote three pages today, and tomorrow we're going to write seven pages, end quote. Vining and podcasting. Koppelman's first vine, the six seconds videos, was this, quote, All screenwriting books are bullshit. All. Watch movies, read screenplays, let them be your guide, end quote. He would confess that the vines weren't so much for the viewers as the producer. Himself, he would say, quote, those vines were me talking to myself, reminding myself of the core values, end quote. Around the same time he started a podcast, 
The first guest was Seth Meyers, but the role would expand to include Gabrielle Hamilton, Seth Godin, and Dave Ramsey. That's kind of a hodgepodge, right? Yeah, Koppelman said this, quote, I will only have guests on my podcast if I love their work, if I love their story, or if I'm incredibly interested in some moment of their journey, end quote. Again, we see curiosity entangling Koppelman's work. Why? Because curiosity leads to interesting moments, which unearth the insular groups that Koppelman loves. Being a podcaster also exposed him to new stories and made him a better listener, but this took effort. Quote, I had to work myself into a posture of being ready to listen, end quote. While writing the spec script for Billions, podcasting, and vining, Koppelman also walked. Quote, what do I do every day to keep myself in the creative space? I journal, I meditate, I take long walks, end quote. Walking may be the simplest and soundest act of creativity. David Benioff, who Koppelman calls one of today's best novelists, got his idea for City of Thieves while on a walk. When he was younger and able, Stephen King walked four miles every day he was in Maine. Beethoven, Kierkegaard, and Dickens all walked for inspiration and perspiration. Cal Newport, our career capital developer, calls a good walk active meditation. In his book, Where Good Ideas Come From, Stephen Johnson wrote, quote, The history of innovation is replete with stories of good ideas that occurred to people while they were out on a stroll, end quote. Each walk through Central Park, each morning page, each meditation session, each person who stood beside and behind him, all of these things helped Brian Koppelman make billions. Billion started with a bit of serendipity. Co-creator Andrew Ross Sorkin had the same agent who connected him with Koppelman and Levine. Like Rounders being part of the poker boom, Billions took root within a certain ecosystem. David Levine said, quote, About the same time we started to get interested in the hedge fund world, we found our interest drawn to Premium Cable, the 12-episode seasonal drama, end quote. And Koppelman wondered, why do we revere entrepreneurs so much? Quote, most Americans will give you a break and wear a t-shirt with your picture on it. Why is that? End quote. With premium cable as a distribution and hedge funds and courtrooms as the setting, Koppelman and Levine write the pilot on spec. In the same way they developed as writers, they'd also developed as professionals. They wanted to create something that would get made. When you take this risk, said Koppelman, quote, all you're risking is time and ego, end quote. In a conversation with Koppelman, fellow screenwriter John August explained writing opportunities much like investors describe stocks. August asks, can I do this and will it succeed? Investors ask, is this in my circle of competence and will I make money? Thus began the research. Levine said, quote, you want to communicate the show's themes in every way, from the way a car pulls out through the way the actors perform, end quote. Billions is not a documentary. It's, quote, realistic but with heightened drama, end quote. How do you get to this point? Quote, we read a lot, spoke to a lot of people, visited a lot of places. When you hear stories about why people wear fleece, that they're proud of not dressing the way folks on Wall Street dress, that's an indicator of the way hedge funders think about themselves. We like figuring out the little signs and customs of an insular world so we can put those on display for a larger world, end quote. One interview was a dinner at their favorite restaurant, but at the last minute, the hedge fund manager changed it. It was the guy's usual place where he ordered what he usually drinks. It was expensive. Reflecting on the meal, the duo realized that it was about power. 
Koppelman's research is like dissecting frogs in middle school. Everyone knows that frogs have hearts, lungs, and stomachs, but no one is quite sure what they look like. Only once you get inside do you get it. Koppelman saw things from the inside. Quote, I'd never thought about who's going to win dinner, end quote. It wasn't only meals, conversations, and private planes. Koppelman and Levine are drawing from their career wells. For the girlfriend experience, Koppelman and Levine interviewed high-priced escorts. Quote, At the end of the interview, we'd say, is there anything that might surprise us? Out of a hundred of them, 70 of them said the most powerful client I have is the one who wants to be dominated. End quote. And that's made it into billions. So did a moment, quote, between Wags and his analyst Ben Kim revolving around the delivery of food that Dave and I witnessed in a movie studio president's office 17 years ago, end quote. Koppelman told Bill Simmons, quote, billions is like an extension of all the stuff we've been writing about for 20 years, end quote. What kind of truth serum do they give to get these stories? It's a mix of curiosity and empathy. Quote, I'm in there to honor them. I'm not in there judging them. I'm in there with a posture to understand how everything works, end quote. We call them soft skills, but that listening muscle he's trained on the podcast, he flexes in these interviews, quote, who have you met that didn't want to be understood, end quote. Plus, people aren't all good or all bad, quote, the truth is, these people, like all of us, are multifaceted, end quote. Koppelman wants to write yeah, but characters. This guy did an awful thing, yeah, but he also donates to charity. This guy tried to stop bad guy number two, yeah, but he treats waiters like crap. Koppelman wants to write characters that, quote, think they're in the right, end quote. While Koppelman and Levine wrote the initial script, they don't write every episode. Quote, it's up to the two of us to make sure the show sounds like the show. That may mean doing a dialogue pass on every script and keeping the lines that other people wrote that feel like the show and adding lines. But the way we found it best to get the writers to feel a sense of ownership is that if a writer on our staff starts a script, even if we've done work on the script, it's that writer's script and that writer's name goes on the script, end quote. This is how Levine put it, quote, In many ways, this show is a huge culmination for us, end quote. Circle back to their experience with John Dahl and Rounders. They're leading from the set of Billions in much the same way he led from the set of Rounders. From the outside, it looks like a decentralized command structure. Hire good people and get out of their way. The Billions actors are, quote, incredible top-flight professional actors, and all you want is for them to take your characters and make them three-dimensional, end quote. In another interview, Koppelman said, quote, I believe we have the finest cast of actors working on television today. These are people working at the very top of their game, end quote. Koppelman wants gestalt scripts. Quote, you write every line of dialogue, they say, but you hope the actors take something and make it additive, and our actors do, end quote. The goal is to make a good show. Quote, we believe in the cardinal rule that David Chase would say to the writers on The Sopranos, which is that the most important thing is to be entertaining. We want the show to be entertaining, and we want it to allow you a range of emotions, end quote. A career conversation. This is what I think the advice would be if Brian Koppelman gave it, with my questions and his answers and quotes. Quote, if you do something great, people will notice, end quote. Yeah, but how do you do something great? Quote, if you want to be a screenwriter, read a thousand screenplays and watch a thousand movies, and then you will have a frame of reference for the work if you're honest enough with yourself, end quote. Is there a shorter version? Quote, I've done the reps, end quote. 
How do you get time for the reps? Quote, say no to social obligations. Say, I need that time, end quote. Okay, so get to something great by getting the reps. What else do I need to know? Quote, people awful talk about following your dreams, but you have to work furiously hard. Why do you have to be obsessed with it? Because this shit is hard to do, end quote. If I do this, will I break in? Quote, the truth is, if you're entering the arts, there's no getting around this uncertainty. It's possible no one will ever give you permission, so you have to give yourself permission to do the work. From a practical standpoint, just keep completing pieces of work. That's really the only thing you can do to feel a sense of progress, end quote. Will this take long? Quote, it's been 20 years of sitting in a room, deciding to follow our own voice and finding a way to get that to the screen, end quote. Koppelman is often asked for a reading list of books, and he suggests a lot of books on Twitter. So if you want to actively follow him, he's on Twitter at Brian Koppelman. And he says that you need to read books from people that make things that you love. He's really skeptical of screenwriters. uh, But some movie books that he suggests are Conversations with Ernest Hemingway, The Big Picture, Kazan, Making Movies, An Open Book, JFK, Show Me the Magic, and The Films in My Life. He also really likes Seth Godin's book, The Dip, and Godin has been on Brian Koppelman's podcast a number of times. To create this project, I listened to many interviews that Brian Koppelman did on his podcast, The Moment, which I really enjoy, and if you like this, uh, you should definitely check that out. In addition to that, I drew from his three podcasts with James Altucher, and including the one that he did with David Levine. Koppelman was also on The Art of Manliness. He had a video on YouTube with Dan Harris, where they mostly talked about meditation, but it was a good interview. Koppelman's podcast with Tim Ferriss, his podcast with Mark Marin, his podcast with Patrick O'Shaughnessy, and his podcast with Bill Simmons all helped me get a sense of Koppelman's career and included quotes that I used here. Thanks for listening. That's very nice. Thank you very much. Now, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? It's leave, you idiot. Make like a tree and leave. You sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. All right, then, leave. And take your book with you.